Dallas proper? Uh, just outside of Dallas proper, a little bit north of uh, the McKinney area. In the McKinney area? Okay, cool. Awesome. I got a sister over in um, Mount Pleasant, if you know where that's at. So, um, but all right, cool. Well, uh, let's see here. So, why did you choose? Tyler. Ah, why did you choose exceptional HR solutions? What made you so bold to put that in the name? Because that's the service I want to give. I want to give exceptional service to people that need support and help with their people. And anything less isn't good enough for me. So I want to be exceptional. And it, it's a goal that we strive for each and every day. Um, we make progress some days and some days we, we're learning success. Yeah, very good. And uh, so, um, you know, how do you, how do you inspire entrepreneurs and those that you work with to also maintain that, that exceptional performance? What do you go, what do you do to go about getting them to buy into that concept themselves? I think the key to getting somebody motivated is really recognizing what's their passion, helping them uncover that passion and helping them learn, recognize it's a journey to learn. It's a journey that takes time and effort, but as you get there and you, Helping them create experiences. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And we're going to be interviewing Neil Katz today from Exceptional HR Solutions. Um, you may notice a trend. I like to interview people in the space of HR. I think it's one of the most overlooked competencies for entrepreneurs, um, at least as far as I've seen in our nation, um, in the United States. Um, and that's not a good thing. Um, if you don't know how to take care of your people and attract great people, then you're going to have a really hard time providing great service, which is going to lead to a hard time of creating sustainable revenue growth. It's one of the most important skill sets you can have as a leader is how do I attract great people and how do I retain great people? And so preluding a little bit, giving Neil the time to uh, warm up, by the way, um, audio connection may suffer a little bit on this one, but the content is going to be valuable. So when you hear these little pauses that take place, that's just Neil's internet catching up with mine. Um, and give it some patience because I know he's going to throw down today. Um, you don't name your company Exceptional HR Solutions on accident, and you don't maintain a brand um, that's named Exceptional easily. That means you have to provide great services to your clients. Otherwise, your clients are going to say, well, it was just mediocre. Um, we have that same challenge at First Class Business, and we made it so because we don't want to provide second-class service, and we don't want a scapegoat. We don't want people to be able to... Um, you know, justify away what it is we did or, or ourselves justify it away. We know it's so important to provide excellent service to those that we work with. So um, let's dive into the sponsors a little bit. Icon Maker Live, great conference, uh, great, great presentations on how to launch a seven-figure podcast. They're all about building the brand essentials and the offers up front, making sure that the business is ready to go and then springboarding to the podcast with the right assets in place and the right revenues. I think it's very smart. We did not launch our podcast out the gate. We launched our business first and that led into the podcast. Now I'm not saying 
either way is the best way to do it. But I am saying it's very wise to get a perspective from Tom Matson and Cheryl Pluff over at Icon Maker Live. I keep pointing in the wrong direction here on IconMakerLive.com as you evaluate and assess what types of assets do you want to move forward with? And do you see podcasting as a means of distribution for your brand? So you can create some awareness for yourself, create some great relationships and attract people to want to work with you in the future. Capshow.com also does an excellent job of helping us on that. Woo! I got the directions down this time. Capshow, C-A-P-S-H-O.com. I highly recommend the software. In fact, it's number one recommended software for content creation, AI content creation by digitalmarketer.com. And uh, Capshow, you can take an episode like this, or you can take a video. If you just wanted to do a video, imagine doing a video of yourself that you're not going to share with anybody, but you actually... You know, you whiteboard out some things about how important your business is and you give people the four tips to accomplish X, Y or Z. And you go through that and you present it really, really well. The cool thing is you can take that video, you can upload it in a cap show and the little copywriting machine will go to work for you to create all the different social media content that you might need. Um, so what I recommend doing is upload, use the free trials, upload your credits. You get two to three free credits on there and just start clicking as fast as you can on all the different mechanisms, the LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, blog post, etc. Go through and click on all that, and then you'll see the type of content they can produce for you. And now you've got a, a whole treasure trove of assets that you can schedule on social media and get posted. It's quite the amazing system. I highly recommend checking it out. And last, and of course not least, the Water Project. The Water Project is my favorite nonprofit to support. I love the transparency that's provided when you when you donate or contribute a dollar or a thousand or more to those projects. You can even sponsor an entire uh, sand dam or entire borehole well and get clean drinking water to those who are in severe need of it. But um, if you have it within yourself to give a dollar or two, you can always check the show notes. We've got the the, the links in there available for you. Um, but I I can I don't feel comfortable going live on these shows without thinking about the needs of others who have so little when we have so much. So um, I hope you give back to that. Now, Neil Katz, again, is the founder of Exceptional HR Solutions. And he's been at this uh, for 25 years, leading, advising, consulting with C-suite executives, uh, navigating the human capital challenges while aligning people and business strategies. Um, you can always catch his bio in the about section on this page. I'm going to drop that, but I want to take the time to actually dive in, discuss this with him. If you have questions about HR, don't hesitate to hit us up during this or after. Um, either one of us would be happy to reach out. And I think he's a wealth of knowledge. So without further ado, Neil, thank you so much for being on the show. Jackson, thanks for having me. Look forward to our conversation today. Absolutely. Let's dive in hot and heavy. So Neil, who should be listening? Why should they listen to you? And what are they going to get out of today's show? Well, Jackson, thanks. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, what I would tell you who should listen, I think anybody that is growing and scaling a business has value to listen and understand what it is that we can talk about today. Why should they listen is the time that they're going to take is going to help them hopefully take a nugget or two away that they can take back to their business or their teams today and implement and impact their teams and the people that work with them and for them. And what are they going to get out today, Shell? Hopefully a great treasure trove of knowledge and information and content that they can really act on today or to have the resources to get those answers they need. As I always say, if you don't know the answers, know the person that can help you get to them. That's the, the yeah. true value there. And myself and my team are 
that team that can help answer your people related questions on your business. Excellent. Um, Neil, what's in 30 seconds, what's your vision for those that you're serving? My vision is to empower my leaders to take the time back in their back office people operations and let them have that time back for front facing meetings, conversations, interactions and engagement with their teams and their people. Eliminate the hurdles, make the process easier and let me be the expert in those areas that they don't need to be allowing them to be what they are and who they are and those exceptional leaders they're trying to be. Okay. What are some of those areas? We'll go beyond the 30 seconds now, of course. Um, but what are some of those areas um, where you mentioned they don't need to be, but they may feel kind of stuck in? What, are, what does that look like? Jackson, the two that always come to mind for me is I love leaders, but I don't need leaders to be excellent recruiters. At the end of the day, I need a leader to know what they're looking for in their talent, but let me do those 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 interviews, screens, resume reviews, things of that nature, because leaders, I don't want them to be excellent recruiters. Recruiting is a specialized skill and function. Let us do the hard work. Let us present the top two to three people and let them find the best talent. The second one is I don't need owners, founders, CEOs to be exceptional benefits experts. I'll do the benefits consulting, advising. I'll bring you the plans. I'll bring you the models. I'll bring you the opportunities. We'll talk through it, and we're going to build the best benefits offering we can for you and total rewards offering we can for you and your team. But I don't need you to be in the weeds of every detail. Let us manage that for you. Let us bring you the final results, and let us support you and your team so you can really focus on those other components. Those are just two of many other areas that we can help those leaders with. Sign me up. Um, <laughs> we're, we're talking right after this call, by the way, um, we, I'm going to, uh, see what I can do to get into your doors. Um, Dan Martell of SAS Academy, um, is one of the leading coaches in relation to helping SAS companies scale and grow. Um, I had a little private session with him, uh, not private. It was a mastermind session, but him and I had a little one-on-one -on -one about it. And he said, uh, he said, Jackson, you're way behind and finding a recruiting team. So that should have been one of the first things that you did. Um, and mm -hmm. it is a painful process to find a, uh, a great recruiting company um, with all the other things you have to go through as a business owner as well. But um, the fact that you keyed in on that aspect and both the articulated that and the benefits and offerings part, like just so clearly, um, you've been around the block. Oh, um, that was kind of easy to tell. I want to hear the next steps, though. I want to hear this little bucket list. So you mentioned those are the two that, that come to mind first. I'm going to put you on the spot further, Neil. What what else should I be aware of that as a as an entrepreneur? Sometimes we go and go, we go through it all with a with heavy blinders on. I'll give you a couple more to add add to this payroll. Why do you need to be a payroll expert? Look. <laughs> You need to fund it. You need to build the revenue to grow your business. You need to make sure we have the, the funds to pay our people, but that's it. Let me take systems and technologies and people and make it a streamlined process and let me manage it for you. So at the end of the day, you look every week or two weeks when you pay them, you look and go, yep, looks good. Thanks. Click pay. Do you really need to know what a garnishment is? If you have one, what to do with it? Did you pay your state taxes? Did you pay unemployment? Are you keeping up with those components, the 401k, HSA distributions? Probably not. And maybe you are, but you don't need to. I don't need leaders to be experts in payroll. Compensation. What do I pay people? 
my best example, one of the things that just came up recently, New York State just passed a new law. I believe it's earlier this week uh, called a pay transparency law that is requiring states and employers to post on internal and external postings pay ranges. California's done it, a few other states do as well. But I don't want a leader to spend your time researching and understanding, does it impact me? How does it impact me? I'll send you a one-sentence blurb, or better than that, if we support you, I'll just email you and say, hey, going forward on all postings, we're going to be adding this, and here's why. If you want to see the details, I could send it to you. Taking those burdens off of leaders' plates so that you can do what you need to do, growing revenue, engaging with your customers or clients, taking care of your people, that's the part. That's why you started the business. Let me take all that stuff behind you, make it easy, simplified, and streamlined, and we'll manage it for you. Dude, I can tell that um, if I had a time machine and I could go back 10 years um, and with the knowledge I have now, of course, right, um, and say, Neil, please teach me about diplomacy. Um, that would also probably be one of the best things that, that you could have taught me as a as a young leader. Um, and there's I still have so far to go, but I'm going to I'm going to highlight something very important. I'm still not the most diplomatic person and I'm going to do this for you. Neil said you do not need to be a payroll expert as an entrepreneur. I'm going to say you are not a payroll expert as an entrepreneur. You are not. That is not your job. Um, you are supposed to hand these jobs off to people so that you can go lead as a visionary. Um, so. Um, again, I, I prefer your approach. I love it. Um, I can sense an incredible uh, empathy in you. And, and I will find your flaws eventually. Um, but for now, this, this has been a super joyful show. Um, let's talk about your vision a little bit, Neil. Um, so what, what's your vision for yourself? And you don't have to use 15 seconds, but over the next 15, 20 years, what do you want to be doing? I think, Jackson, what I really want to do is continue to expand this business, which is fractional HR and consulting and advising. So, and one of the things I want to hit home on is the fractional component, because the reality is companies hear, oh, this sounds great, but I can't afford a full-time HR or I can't afford this or that. You yeah. can. When I bring 25 years myself of HR expertise and wisdom and knowledge, along with my team, we have over 70 years of HR experience we bring to you. And my vision is to continue to grow and provide the services to grow small and medium-sized companies. And then the second part of my vision is to allow HR practitioners that have been in corporate America for a while, ready to get out and wanting to really come support this business and support these small, growing, expanding companies. They're looking for that next opportunity. And then the last part of my vision is to continue on something one of my team members helped me create, which is the key family first, work second. And that's a core yeah. vision of my business. And I always say, if you struggle between a decision and you have a question between, do I do work or family? Family always first, work second, and we'll help solve that if you have that conflict. And that's been a cornerstone of the business. It will be forever. I'm, I'm falling in love with these concepts, um, these realities that you're, you're hitting. Um, uh, again, I just hope everybody who's listening is, is eating this up. Um, fractional HR. Uh, and I love the vision because in order to provide that, in order to scale that, you certainly want to be constantly recruiting your own HR team. Um, and so, and I love the fact that you know those in proper order. And I look forward to seeing the business world shift to family first. Um, right now, we're the outliers. 
I would say. Um, and that's painful. Um, you know, that's, that might be painful for certain people to hear, but I don't know too many entrepreneurs who've been a stay at home dad since day one of being an entrepreneur. Um, I'm, I'm one of the few on that. And, uh, I look forward to seeing more people transition towards that and also understand that there's new pros and cons in life that come out of, of making that transition. There's new challenges that exist. But um, one of the things, one of the most challenging aspects of being a work, I'm sorry, a family first um, balanced entrepreneur is the friction that creates with clients or business people who don't understand that. Um, you know, and, and don't feel that they, they can coexist with that. And thank goodness, um, people like you are, are in the market. Um, and, and I'm also striving to make that shift a reality. Um, so if you're listening to this and that's what you want, I think it's also important that you contribute to that cause and start standing up for that belief and saying, hey, this is this is what we want for our families as well as families and people who care about families. You've got to stand together. Um, and make sure that that's a, a priority in life. So I'll get off my soapbox a little bit. Fractional HR, fractional, the term fractional for chief executive officers, chief operating officers, chief financial officers, et cetera, I would say started to become quite popular within the last five years. Um, it wasn't something that I, I still think most of mainstream does not know that those opportunities exist. Um, how long have you been pioneering fractional HR development? So I've been doing fractional HR for over 15 years. And about two years ago, wow. I decided to commit to this full time. So I went into this two years ago, full time. And still to this day, I get so many people going, what does this mean? Fractional? And the analogy I give, and most people in the business community understand the word fractional CFO. Fractional CFO seems to be the cornerstone of where it began. And I yeah. say, once you like somebody that has 10, 15, 20 years of experience to come into your organization on five hours a week, five hours a month, five hours a day, whatever the need of your business, we will build a personalized, customized plan to your business and we'll allocate a resource to support and help you. But what I've done is I've taken it one step further and myself or one of my senior colleagues helps manage that client and that consultant on that account. So really, they're getting a two for one deal. So I'm there to support my client along with one of my consultants. So they get a two for one. So they're averaging 20 to 50 years of experience at a fractional basis. And that's just amazing to the client to have that sense of knowledge and expertise and not having to pay that six plus figure number to bring in somebody for 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week that might not have that industry background. We support all industries across the United States. And that's what's been very advantageous for us and the clients. Wow. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Again, I'm, I'm hoping that well, one of the challenges that you face, Neil, and that, that I face as well, um, in terms of helping the market at large, is that most entrepreneurs, um, you know, these days, they, uh, when I say most, um, you know, you've got to look at the grand majority of the millions that are out there. Most of them do not have corporate background. Most of them have never faced um, a, a workers comp uh, problem. Most of them have never faced somebody um, taking them to small claims court. Um, and, and realizing that, whoa, business means there's all these other challenges that exist. So I can see how 
corporate level clients and people with a lot of corporate experience could instantly value what it is that you do. And yet that's the, the small majority of the market, right? So mm-hmm. I tend to look at the bigger problem, which is far less profitable for, um, in the beginning, far more difficult and say, well, what are we doing to bridge the gap to help the entrepreneur, right? The solopreneur, the ones who don't have that experience understand the value of everything that you're putting down because it's clear as day to me and that's good news, but I have a lot of background with really dangerous, nightmarish HR experiences that many of the people who listen to the show don't. Um, So let's keep going on that path if you don't mind. What are we doing to bridge the gap for the ignorant entrepreneur, the one who doesn't have a background in HR and understand the nightmares that they might face if they go it alone. I don't want to scare them, but what are we doing to bridge that gap? Jackson, the simple bridge is get somebody to help you. Get a colleague, get a professional. What I always say, get somebody like myself. And you know what? I always get the pushback. I can't afford it. Then you know what? Let's set up an executive coaching session. Let me coach you twice a month for an hour or two. Let me answer your questions. Let's talk about your business strategy. Jackson, I can't tell you how many times I get, I'm on a call six, seven, eight o'clock at night with somebody talking about how to build out an LLC. And when do I open the bank account? And what do I need? How do I hire my first person? And what do I do to pay them? And then you get to three, four, five, seven, ten employees. And they're like, now what? Do I need a payroll system? Do I need this? Oh my gosh, somebody just said they're going to file a complaint. What do I do? Call me. We'll help you. I can't tell you half my business probably has started with that first phone call. What do I do with this? And they're like, okay. I'm like, you do this, this, and this. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, look, give me 30 minutes of your time. I'll walk you through it and we'll help solve this together. And the very first question of most solopreneurs, entrepreneurs growing their businesses, I can't afford you. Like, look, I'll make you a deal. Give me 15 minutes. I'm not going to charge you. I'm not here to nickel and dime people. I want to hear to support you short term and long term. So let's work through the problem together. And that's what we do is we sit down, have a short conversation, talk through it, give them the best advice, knowledge, and wisdom I have and help them in their journey. And then generally speaking, I usually get a call back three weeks, three months, six months, a year, two years. You know, do you remember me? I need your help. I'm like, I got you. Let's go. What can we do? It's the relationship and finding that network of knowledge and support, but turning to the experts to really know what you're doing. And recognizing what you can do, but admitting what you can't do. And HR is not a realm for probably 90% of leaders I see today. Mm, well said. Um, and you're, you're being generous with the 90%. I think it should be like more like 96%. Granted that the failure rate of businesses within 10 years is 96%. In fact, I would say 98% because some of the businesses that are winning are winning in spite of how they treat people. Um, and so there's still lots of adjustments to be made, even within the winner's circle. Um, so just incredible value, um, in that too. Now, um, family, family aspect. I want to, I want to dive into something that some of you may have caught. Uh, I have my own answer on this. I'm curious about Neil's. Um, we're going to talk about it openly. No, you, you admitted to taking calls at six, seven or 8 PM. Um, doesn't that interrupt family time? And where, where's the balance or where's the give? How, how does that coincide with also being a family man? Jackson, great question. And you know what? Life is give and take. And my famous philosophy is we talk about work-life balance. You can't balance the two. There's no such thing. It's a work-life integration. You got to integrate the two models together. 
So yesterday I left the office at three o'clock so I could attend my daughter's tennis game. And then my, my youngest daughter was doing cheerleading. So you flex your schedules. Yeah. The other thing is don't waste time. I have an hour drive both ways to work when I'm in an office. So what do I do? I use every one of my hour drives with a minimum of 30 minute call. So what I do is I manage my time and there are times that my family's doing their thing and I'm on a call. Part of it is when you grow and scale a business, sometimes you got to give to get. But you know what? It's a balance between the two. And when I know it's important for me and the family, I'm going to make sure I'm there. And I will sacrifice a client meeting for a tennis match or cheerleading event because those, those are important moments for me and I'm not going to miss them. But it's you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you do have to work hard at this. But it's about how you balance the two out and you surround yourself with great talent to help and support you. Nice. I, I think it's a bit of a semantics game. Um, I hate that quote. I love you. I hate that quote. Um, I, I say you can have your cake, you can eat it too, and you can create a conveyor belt of cakes. Um, you know, like that's look at Richard Branson. Um, right. I say, look at what you're doing. I would say you are having your cake and eating it too. And you, it was funny. You said it's not balance and you said it's integration, but then you came back to balance. And again, that's we as Americans, um, I don't see this in many other cultures. I don't speak many languages, but I do speak Spanish. I don't see people argue over semantics in Spanish. In English, we love to do that. Um, you know, where it's like, I say balance, you say harmony. And like, we're both wrong. Oh, you know, like it's, it's so crazy how we do that. But um, I, my favorite mentor, Jake Larson, um, video power marketing, uh, love him to death. He's like a brother to me. And he taught me so much about life. He's like the super dad, right? I look at him for, if I want to be a better dad, I just watch a few videos of Jake and I take notes. Um, and he, uh, he told me about this story about the plate spinners and the circus and how a lot of people think that like work and li work and life get balanced, like juggling, which is pretty much mm -hmm. equal distribution. But in plate balancing, those guys that have 20 different plates spinning on different sticks, you've probably seen that in, in videos at least. Uh, sometimes there's one agitated plate that you have to spin more often than all the others. And that could be representation of a kid who's struggling to read, learn how to read. That could be a kid who's uh, going through drugs uh, problems or it could be a wife who's going through midlife crisis, um, right? There's, there's a lot of different times in life when you're going to need to dedicate certain effort towards certain plates more often than others. And it's not a matter of equal distribution as much as it is a matter of paying attention to what needs my attention now. So I love that you talk about that. I think more people need to recognize that the, the flexibility, if you love what you do, why would you not take a call at 8 PM with right. somebody? Because you're excited to dive into that. And if your family's not there because they had a mommy daughter date or something, and you've only got one daughter, then you know, you might be find yourself diving into work because you love it. You don't, you don't need permission to dive in to do that and to say, Hey, I'm going to run my business outside of this nine to five thing. Um, very, very well set examples. And that does mean sometimes seeing family and doing family things when you should be working, right? Should by whose standards? I hope it's your own, uh, you know, not the world or us pressuring you on, uh, on when you should be you know, you should be the visionary at all times, period, in my opinion. So um, thank you for that. Anything you want to add before we move on? No, I think the key is just make the moments count. 
a great leader once told me, I said, okay, I said, I got to go to another meeting. She goes, we still have a minute and make every minute of that moment count before you go to the next. And it's the same for family, not just for work, but for family. Mm. When you're walking your child to the car or taking him, dropping off at school, are you having a conversation? Are you interacting? Are you engaging? Are you asking about their day or the moment of challenge or your wife? Make the moments count and don't miss the moments. Every moment should count. Make them count. That's really, I think, where so much of that opportunity of kind of spinning one plate but talking to another plate at the same time is a great way to make it happen. Wow. You just reminded me of a, you just reminded me of a, an executive I worked with a long time ago. I was very young. His name was Presidente Vanilla, um, president of the, the area. And he happened to attend one of the, um, one of the district meetings that was occurring. And the district leader finished the meeting 10 minutes early. And he was like, okay, cool. Like we're done. We don't have to do anything else. And he was excited to, to give everybody the time, you know, to just, whatever, get out early and, and not do And President Vanilla got up and he said, he said, absolutely not. He said, we have 10 minutes um, and we're going to use them effectively. And he said, let's take an inventory of who's not here. That's the first step, right? He wrote all the names on the board, all the people that weren't there. Um, and he said, now who's going to go visit so-and-so? Who's going to go visit this person? Who's going to go check on them? What needs do they have in their lives that we can account for? And he used the 10 minutes, making sure to account for the, uh, the individuals who are inactive in this experience. Um, and I just remember being like, whoa, that, that was so brilliant um, and, and so helpful. And I've, to this day, um, I've never seen anybody use that same style of, of, of time, but you, you invoked that, that last minute, every minute counts when you're being purposeful. And, um, you know, it's again, it's something that everybody's listening right now. You can write that down. You can be the person who implements that. You don't have to look for President Vanillas in the world. Do it yourself. Be the person who makes that happen. So um, let's dive into a darker subject, Neil. What's your worst business experience ever? That's an interesting question. Worst business experience ever. Yeah. And this is going to sound a bit cliche, but it's working for leaders that did not understand how to lead effectively people and being in an environment where I watched people that weren't happy, weren't engaged, were punching a clock, were all the other acronyms and analogies that we love to use. It just that was my worst experience ever. And I've seen it multiple times in my career. And it's very disheartening to me as a people leader, but just as a person, um, I had an opportunity to work for another organization where. This is a long-term organization, been around for over 100 years, and people worked there because there was a pension plan, and it was great, but they were miserable. And mm. I, life is too short to be doing things you're miserable with. Enjoy what you do. Embrace it. As you said earlier, doing a call at 8 o'clock is okay. If you love it, do it. I got to tell you, some of the most re rewarding moments I've had is those meetings and conversations and topics, but working for somebody or with somebody or for an organization that doesn't value its people is really the worst business experience ever. It's, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to see that for people. And that's really, I think the driving part of why I've been in HR for over 25 years and I, why I want to help other leaders get better and help them become better leaders of their people. Yeah. I, I probably should have done an HR career. 
um, myself, like everything I do about mm -hmm. marketing is, is really all about the people first aspect. And you're making me have my own sense of like, man, maybe I should just shift and, and, uh, and start doing that. Um, but it's, it's one of those departments that, that tends to get so overlooked and looked at as a high compliance. Let me put my glasses on, you know, like, what do you want today? I mean, why are we helping you? There's just so much, um, lack of personality typically in that environment yet you're you're turning the tables on it and i appreciate that um so uh you know the let's talk about your best experience and business what does that look like what's your best experience with hr or business i think it's those moments with people it's not one singular experience but it's the moments of enlightenment, success, celebration, when you help somebody achieve what they're trying to go for. When people, you look back and the example I'll give is I very early in my career, I had a gentleman that worked for me and we just butted heads. I was the manager of the store and he was one of my junior managers and we just butted heads. And finally we learned to kind of work together and I just kept trying to teach him and educate him and support him and help him his journey. And the best experience was about three years later, we were doing some site visits and we went to his store as a store manager. And his comment to me was, you know, I know we butted heads, but thanks for all the support and help you gave me over those years to help me be the leader I am today. And for me, it's helping mm -hmm. people achieve what sometimes they don't think they can do and supporting and teaching and taking those moments again to make a difference with somebody. Those are the best experiences in business when you can look back and reflect and just go, and that's usually when it is, is you see the success over time. That's the challenge with HR is we don't, not everything we do is quick and fast and check the box and it's done. A lot of what we right. do takes weeks, days, months, years to revolve and evolve folks to get to where they need to be. But that's okay. You just got to be patient and persistent. Absolutely. And, and some of what you do as an HR professional, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm reaching here a little bit. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, I think some of what you do in HR as an HR individual, not, not you yourself can lead to a dip before it leads to a rise mm -hmm. in success. Um, and how, you know, are there, are there certain trends? Are there certain realities that you have to face as an HR director, um, or, or an HR consultant where you have to advise the entrepreneur, Hey, when this happens, we typically see a slight dip until we see the rise. Um, and I'm, I'm making this up as a theory. If, am I spot oh, no. on or am I wrong about this? You're spot on. The best example I'll give you is new leaders. So when we have a leader come into a new team, a new function, generally we see an average of 30 to 60% turnover. So you're going to see the dip and you're going to see this team. And with that right support of that leader, especially in the dip, Oh no, this was fantastic. And I lost you, Neil. Am I back? You're back. You're back. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll try to take off. Right. So what I was saying is catch the leaders in the dip and help support them on their journey back up and be there. And, the, but recognize as a leader, that doesn't mean that they're a bad leader. They're hitting the dip of change, evolution, challenge, and move them, help move them and carry them, support them in that journey back up because it'll come. It just takes time. Yes. Um, I'm kind of like sitting here like I've, I've been that new leader so many times 
where the the support isn't there um in our uh, my and i saw this cartoon the other day um this guy does marketing cartoons i can't remember his his name i'll probably drop it in the the, the uh show notes but um it showed the coo at his desk um it showed the ceo at his desk and it showed the cmo entering a revolving door um you know, that, that basically spit pulls them in and spits them out and pulls them in and spits them out. Um, and I was like, wow, that is so, so unfortunately true. Um, so, and I, I like that you, you know, without an expert, you don't get to learn those things. You know, I, again, I can theorize about the reality, but you actually know the numbers related to it. You can forecast that you can help entrepreneurs understand what they don't understand and, and stop them from jumping to, to fast conclusions. Um, so thank you for that. Um, that's, that's very helpful to helpful insight. Um, let's dive into another powerful, in fact, you dropped one powerful lesson. We're going to come back to this question. I want to highlight it. You talked about actively using your mobile office. Um, right. And that means making phone calls in the car. Um, I'm going to talk about that because I'm not one to, uh, to stir the pot when it comes to giving bad advice or dangerous advice. But if you know how to drive really well, you've been at it for years, um, I'm really sorry if you have the misfortune of what could happen. Um, but use your time. You know, you use your time. Do the good in the world that you know you're going to be able to do. Um, I'm not saying write notes. I'm not saying uh, don't look at the street. If you are very good at driving and able to stay focused, then that is a perfectly great time to have conversations with people about your business and make sure or listen to a podcast, but you can use that time to be productive. Don't use it as an excuse, but also, you know, be mindful, be careful as, as you do so and know that your repercussions are yours alone. Um, we just happen to be admitting our guilty productivity. Um, so, all right, beyond that, I won't get you in trouble there. We'll keep going. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience, Neil? I think dedication, determination. You got to be dedicated to what you do. You got to love it and you got to be determined. Not everything is going to be a high and not everything is going to be a low. And the highs are good and the lows are bad, but recognize just stay in the middle. It's okay. Celebrate the successes. Learn from the failures or opportunities. But just keep driving. And then last, the other last part of that lesson I would say is networking. Just network. Get out to meet new people. Meet new groups, new industries, new leaders. Get to know people. Networking has paid off exponentially for me and will continue to. And I'm a Huge fan of anybody in your audience who wants to reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me an invite, let's connect and talk. That's how you build and get to know all the wisdom and knowledge we get from each other and we can share from each other. And there's no reason we can't all learn and help each other out. And that to me is networking is such an important component of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, way, to, way to quadruple down on that one. Dedication, determination, I'll define it as, as a little bit of tenacity. Um, and there as well, and and that networking, and uh, who wouldn't want to network with Neil? I, mean, I got I got to say this: it's like you were made in a in a build a bear factory. Um, <laughs> it's like so much goodness coming out, man. Um, so I definitely appreciate that. How did you get to that? How did you arrive at kind of such an open, loving personality? I sound like such a brown noser right now, but 
Um, I mean, I'm serious. Like you've got this demeanor about you that, that, you know, it's pretty easy to see how much you care about people. Um, what made you, you 25 years of work and experience to become who I am. And one of the things I will encourage your listeners today is don't sacrifice in the experience experience teaches you things and helps you learn and form who you are and who you want to become both what people do that you like and what people do that you don't like. And over the years, I've learned from great leaders and I've learned from not so many great leaders, but I've learned what works and I found that. And then I found what resonated with people. And at the end of the day, we can do everything and anything, but it's about people at the core. And I just love people. I love doing these. I love talking with people. I love to get to know people. And I just have an insatiable appetite to learn and support and help them. And just watching those moments when they succeed. That's the real when what looks unachievable to them becomes easy to me, that's the best reward at the end of the day is how do I make it look so easy? Because I've been doing this for 25 years and I don't want it to be hard for you. Let it be easy for me and hard, not hard for you. And we'll both win out of this. That's really just, I just love what I do. And this is a great example of when people find their true passion and make it a career in a business. It's easy. Yeah. I'd agree with, I'd agree with that. Um, it's, it's easy to see, um, that you're, you're living that by example. And I appreciate that. Um, I want to, I'm not going to end on this, but, um, it is, we're getting closer to time, but I got to ask Neil, what are some of your weaknesses? What are some of the things, areas that you shouldn't touch? Obviously, you know, you you could obviously say like, well, I shouldn't be a petroleum engineer. Um, you know, but, but let's be more realistic here. Um, what, what are some of those weaknesses and areas of uh, areas that if an entrepreneur is going to work with you, they should be aware of and, and ready for? One of my greatest weaknesses, I'm not patient. I have very little patience in the world mm-hmm. of work. I, I like things done. I like them executed, delivered, followed up on. And I just, it's an area I still have to learn. And candidly, I'm not sure I'm ever going to be great at it, but I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that is a weakness. And then I would say the other thing that I am not is, I'm not your CEO, but I can help consult and advise and help you align your principles to your people's strategy. So I have a very good business mind and I enjoy the business of it, but I'll let you be the CEO and I'll help you build your people's strategies and maybe give you some thoughts and feedback on your business. But at the end of the day, let, I'm going to let you be the leader and I'll support your people function. Hmm. Good. Um, so you have firm boundaries which would be a weakness for anybody who wants more flexibility in that regard. Um, but you also recognize the, the strength of having those. And uh, I don't, I, I think it'd be very hard to run an exceptional company, like to be exceptional and to be 100% patient. Um, because uh, when it comes to exceptional, you've got to deliver. Um, and usually there's a timeline involved with that too. So that, that makes sense. Um, how does that manifest itself? You not being patient. I think lots of follow-up, lots of communication, and lots of either early mornings or late nights thinking through and making sure I followed up and developing better and better systems to make sure the execution and follow-up and deliverables are delivered. And I I'm sorry, I meant how does the uh, how does the lack of patience manifest itself? You know, some people are angry tyrants and you know yell and scream and and want to destroy people. Um, other people are more you know cut and dry, like, nope, you're gone. One, one, one mistake, you're gone. And then there's somewhere in between. 
I think how it manifests myself is I try to get better. I try to find ways to better help my people to deliver the results and outcomes that we need. And for me, it's just driving, driving, driving. And at times it makes you tired. You're persistent. Yeah. You can only drive so much before you get tired and there's nights where I'll just sit on the couch and I'm like, I'm, it's it. I'm done. I'm clocked out because (laughs) you burnt so much energy, but I'm just dedicated to find unique ways to help my team support our clients. I love it. Um, I'm excited to talk to you after the show, as I mentioned. Um, Vision Pros, I hope you wrote down um, some notes. And if you're not in a position to write notes, of course, come back and listen to this episode again. Uh, It's great to have you. We would love to have your thoughts. Um, Again, any questions that you may have in the comments that I didn't cover, please leave them so that Neil can answer. We'll make sure that he gets those. And uh, if if you have expertise yourself and would like to come on the show, um, you know, if you even have that inkling that you might want to be here, then go to visionpros.com and there's a button there where you can click to apply. Um, we have an extensive line of experts, but we're always looking for certain types of people and we have the flexibility to sometimes bump people up the list. So don't hesitate to apply. Don't knock yourself out. You don't have to be Michael Jordan or Ryan Reynolds to be on here. But if you're listening, Ryan, we would love to have you, by the way. Um, and uh, Vision Pros, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. I think we even have one later today. Uh, Neil, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure. And everybody, uh, we will see you on the next show. Take care, guys. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision and becoming a Vision Pro yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.